0: Welcome to Central Baptist Church Buna's weekly sermon podcast. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at cbcbuna.com. Well, good morning. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. Last week, I, man, I tried to invite you guys to join us for next week because I was going to give you guys a week off. And then Rusty quickly came up, came up here and completely derailed my plans by inviting you guys this morning. But, uh, man, I hope you guys had a great Christmas. Christmas. We're going to be studying through 1 John. And uh, before we get started, man, I just wanted to say it is my privilege to be up here. I'm, I'm so excited to be up here. I'm always so thankful I get the chance to be speaking to you guys on Sunday mornings. It's a different animal to conquer. It's a different uh, beast to conquer, to work and prepare for with a lot more people, and it's a lot more uh, work that goes into it, but man, it is so awesome, and it is so great, and it's always such a blessing. So I wanted to thank you guys, and I wanted to give a shout-out to Brother Rusty for trusting uh, this special time, special moment to a young guy like me and to Caleb, because uh, we're some knuckleheads sometimes, but we love the Lord, right? Thank you. Thank you, Miss Georgia. I appreciate you. But man, I'm so excited. Uh, we're going to be in 1 John, and man, this whole semester, we've been studying through 1 John up in the youth room with essential students, and they have loved it, man. They've had notes, uh, and they've been really excited for it. And specifically, this message, this message I have for you this morning is in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And our students, uh, I had a few of them already tell me before I got up here, we were doing greeting time, they were like, are we really going to do the 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17? Because we're going to get into something specifically here in a little bit that really relates to our students. But I do believe it relates to all of us this morning, especially because we get to have our church service on the last day of 2023, right? Like Brother Rusty reminded us last week. The last day of 2023, we get to literally end the last day of this busy, crazy year studying through God's word. And then tomorrow morning, we get to wake up replenished and with a renewed focus on what our mindset should be. So I know our students are excited to hear this message. Again, Colton's up there smiling because he already knows what I'm about to get into, but I'm really excited for that. So we're going to be in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. So verse 15, if you want to read with me in 1 John chapter 2, starts off with this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away, uh, passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. I want you to bow your heads and pray with me before we get started. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you so much for this opportunity to dig into your word, to end this busy, crazy year studying through your word, Lord, getting built up and growing in our relationship with you this morning. I pray you speak uh, through me, Holy Spirit. I pray that you speak and convict the hearts of the congregation this morning as we can grow in our relationships with you as we leave this building differently than the way that we came in. Lord, I pray for 2024 uh, that you give us a renewed mindset, a renewed focus as we place our identity back in you. God, we thank you so much, and we just ask all of this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Men. So first John chapter 2. Now what are we talking about here in first John? Now first John, brother Rusty alluded to this a few weeks ago. First John is an interesting book, right? It is a interesting letter. It's not necessarily a letter written to a, a, to a church about specific problems. Now, that is true for this, but with First John, the real emphasis on this, this is the same writer who wrote the Gospel of John. So we got the, the disciple John, the same writer who wrote the Gospel of John, and the, the Gospel of John is where we usually tend to tell people who are new to the faith, they're new to this Christian walk, we give them an opportunity to go read the Gospel of John because it's, it's easy to understand, it's a great narrative story. Of the life of Christ. Now, this is the same writer. He's a little bit older and a little bit wiser as he writes this. And the reason he's even writing First John, First, Second, and Third John, I encourage you guys to go read those. And if you read them all the way through, you kind of get an interesting aspect. You go, man, this is this kind of sounds like a a sermon. Like these would be some really good sermon points. Well, essentially, that's what First through Third John is. It's essentially sermons that are written down for a specific problem for specific people and a specific. Now, the specific people is debated all amongst scholars, but what I've researched and what I've come to understand is that this is written to a group of house churches. So a group of house churches in the city of Ephesus, which is the city of Ephesus, which is where Paul wrote Ephesians to. And he's specifically talking about a group of Jewish Christians that are in these house churches. So they were once Jews, now they've accepted Christ, and then they've become Christians and faithful followers of Jesus. And there is a problem going on with these house churches churches, right? There's always a problem in the New Testament, and Paul, I and mean, that, that's Paul's big thing, and even John here, right? There's a problem here in why he's even writing this, and the problem that these house churches, these Jewish Christians are facing is that there is a false teacher, and there's a group of deceivers that are trying to stray away these faithful followers of Jesus away and following their own rules and their own regulations. I call them uh, believers, right? That's what we would call them. We call them believers with quotations because they would say they love Jesus. Man, they would they would say yes and amen to all these great points, but then there was this one specific thing that they would go, ah, yeah, I don't believe that's true. And they believed that Christ Jesus was real. They believed that he actually came down to earth. They believed that he walked amongst the, the Christian, walked amongst the disciples. John here himself was actually face-to-face with Jesus, walked, lived with him. These deceivers, these believers, they believed that. They understood it. They knew Jesus was real. But what they didn't believe and what they didn't affirm was that Christ Jesus was actually the Son of God, that he was actually the Savior of the world. That's a pretty big problem, right? If if you would say, man, yes and amen, Jesus is this, he's real, he's real, he's real, but he's not really the son of God. That's a pretty big problem. And John realizes that this is a big problem that these group of Jewish Christians need to be encouraged by and need to be warned against following to this false religion and these false teachers. Now, what in the world is he talking about here He's talking about the world. Do not love the things of the world, the desires of the flesh. What is he getting at? That's essentially what John is getting at is there's a decision that Christians have to make. And he's warning and reminding the Jewish Christians that there is a decision that they have to make in their own lives by themselves. And that decision is that either you place your identity in the temporary world or the eternal father. I have it on here. Our new year identity, that's the title of this message is temporary or eternal. Through this this passage here, we have an understanding and and a question that is brought to us. Is my identity placed in something that is forever, everlasting, and eternal? Or is it just placed in something that is temporary? It's something that is false, something that doesn't bring us true satisfaction. The first section Verse 15 is the love of the world versus the love of the Father. Now, what we have to tackle here is what is he meaning by love, right? We all know what love is. We read it all throughout Scripture. John 3.16, Brother Rusty talked about this a few weeks ago. John 3.16, we all know that. You want to say it with me? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only forgotten son. There you go, right? John three sixteen. We know this love. We know this love that is in Scripture. We know this love that we are taught by Christ all throughout the New Testament. We know this love that we're taught by pastors on Sunday mornings, on Bible studies. We know that this love, and this love is different than the love that we have in, in our own lives. This love that God gave us is a sacrificial, it is a, it is a sacrificial, everlasting, unconditional love. Now, what John is saying here when he uses the term love John is set referring to an obsessive love, right? He's not referring to an unconditional, uh, self-satisfying love. He's talking about an obsessive love. So he's saying, do not love the world. He's saying, do not be obsessed with the world, a great analogy for this, right? And he's warning the Jewish Christians and warning us now to not have a love that is obsessive. And in the greatest analogy in 2023, the last day, and definitely I'm, I'm praying that this isn't the case in 2024. I'm praying that this ends in 2023. All my students are up there smiling, right? But I'm praying that the best analogy I can use for this obsessive love, when you're obsessed with something and you're attached to it, you want to do everything, you're, like, you're so obsessed with your life, it's so revolved around it, you, you dress like, right, I'm going to go ahead and say it, right? Taylor Swift, who knows Taylor Swift in here? There you go. That's what I'm talking about, right? Now listen, this is not just for students, because I know there's some adults in here who love Taylor Swift, right? You don't have to shake your head, because uh, I'm praying that you love Taylor Swift, and I hope you absolutely love Taylor Swift. But I hope this morning afterwards you may think about something a little differently, right? When you're obsessed with something like Taylor Swift, you're, you're infatuated by it. You dress like her. You go to these concerts. You spend half your savings account going to these concerts and being in the pit and jumping up and down wearing glitter everywhere. Talent. that's what I'm talking about, shaking his head, right? You're full of, you're wearing these crazy outfits, and you're having so much fun, you're driving halfway across the country to have a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience, you're you're infatuated by, every time you get in the car, you turn the radio on, you hear her songs, you love her, you repost her pictures on Instagram, on your stories, you post her on Facebook, you're infatuated and you're obsessed with Taylor Swift. Now here's the question that I brought to my students, and here's the question I bring to you this morning. Now, your obsessive love over something in this world doesn't have to be Taylor Swift. It could be anything. We all have that one thing that we are obsessed with and we love, right? I'm not gonna get into mine because Kate's in here and she, always, she already gives me an earful every day of my obsessive thing, right? But for Taylor Swift, if she said, as much as people love her and millions of fans, if she said, hey, I want all of my followers uh, to, to die for me so that I could gain something, how many of Taylor Swift's, uh, uh, Swift's obsessive followers would lay down their lives for her. Anybody in here? I, hope, I sure hope not, because I want you to come to the altar afterwards, right? But if Taylor Swift asked all of her, her, all of her fans, then they're, they are real true Swifties, right? I know personally some people who live and die by Taylor Swift, not literally, right? Because that, that's, the, that's the analogy here. But if she asked them to, hey, if you would lay down your life for me, how many of them would actually do it? Now, there's some crazy fans that, honestly, in this crazy world, they probably would, right? But there's also a majority of the people who have a sense of something would go, I'm not laying my life down for that because they only have an obsessive love for this person that is a part of this world. And John is warning the Jewish Christians, and he's warning us this morning to not have this obsessive love for the things that are in this world. The difference between an obsessive love and a sacrificial love is that the sacrificial love can only come from one source, and that is the Lord Christ Jesus. He's warning us, to not be obsessed or infatuated with the things of this world. Now here's an important note. He's not talking about the world and the big picture. He's not talking about all the people in the world. Because if he was referring to that, we know as humans here living on earth, we know that there's, man, there's some awesome things in this world. Our families, right? Our friends. There are some great things that we get to have and God has blessed us with in this world. So he's not referring to the whole world. He's not warning us about the entire world of itself. He's warning us specifically about the evil world that has rebelled against God, right? He's warning us about the world that brings us completely away from Christ Jesus. So I want you to remember that and understand that. And the difference between an obsessive love of the world and a sacrificial love is that the sacrificial love can only bring us true satisfaction from Christ Jesus. John is warning us to not love the world that is following evil, rejecting God, and giving in to the power of Satan. And John emphasizes the fact that you cannot be infatuated with this world and the things that it has, the evil and rejection of God, while also having the love of the Father within you, right? What John is saying is that you, God won't love you, right? What John is not saying is that God won't love you if you sin. What John is saying that is it it is impossible for you, it is impossible for you to keep faking a Christian life if your, if your heart is actually infatuated and obsessed with the things of this world. It is it is impossible. It's impossible for your relationship personally to grow with the savior of this world if everything about you and everything about your name and your life is completely engulfed in the temporariness of this world. It is impossible to grow on the other side when you're only living on the other side. I hope the Holy Spirit convicts your heart this morning. Right, to, to understand that truth. Because, man, I'm right there in the same boat uh, with you. Man, this, this, this is a convicting message for me. It was a convicting message when I prepared it for our students. It's a convicting message when I was preparing it for you this morning. And I, I, this is one that you could hear uh, month after month after month because there's so much truth in these three verses here that John has to say. Look at the, ver- uh, the second section, verse 16. Verse 16, born from the world versus created by the Father. That's what we get here. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from God. The world. So, what is the evil, godless world that John is uh, warning us to stay away from? Well, John actually lists three different characteristics of what this world actually offers up to us. Three things that this world actually freely gives to us without consequence, right? The first thing is the desire of the flesh. Now, what is John here saying by the desire of the flesh? John is essentially saying that this world provides us satisfaction. For our sins, right? The sins that we love to commit, the sins that if we are a follower of Jesus, we, we hate them, we, we know we don't need to do these things, but the world actually brings satisfaction to those things. Our, our flesh is satisfied by this world. If you wanna give in to your sinful cravings, then man, all you gotta do is give in to the desires of your flesh and the things in it. And this world has created this amazing, I say amazing because it's so efficient, and they're so good at, the world, this evil, sinful world is so good at desire, uh, the, designing this program to, give it, to let you give satisfaction to your own flesh and to your own sin. Our sinful cravings, uh, desires, is, is what the world actually offers. What this means is that if you want to never be able to grow in your relationship with God, then, then loving the world is your answer. The desires of your flesh is anything that brings us away from knowing who God is more and more, and here's the worst part about this program that this world offers. The worst part about this, and me and you understand this so much this morning, is that it is always easy and it is always so fast, right? Isn't it crazy? Like the world is so good at letting us give in to our own desires and our flesh because they offer it up freely and it's, it's fast and it's quick and easy. Who in here loves Amazon, right? Anybody love Amazon? Just be honest. I love Amazon, right? My hands aunt, my in here, there you go. Right, especially for Christmas, man. You can you can order your whole family's Christmas list on Amazon with one click. Then you Amazon Prime, you pay a little bit extra. Guess they're way faster, right? Isn't it so awesome? It's so it is it's a great resource to have. But sadly, this world has the same aspect, the same idea about the desires of our flesh, the sins that we love to commit behind closed doors, the sins that we commit when nobody else knows about it. Most of the time, they're easy. It's accessible. It's fast. And every time you turn the TV on, it's just a list of different things that allows you to give in to your desires of the flesh. You open your phone. I man. you're scrolling through Facebook. You're scrolling through social media. And, and post after post and video after video just gives in to your fleshly desires. And it's impossible to grow in your relationship with God if that is all your life is surrounded, of, uh, surrounded by. And John lists these characteristics of what the world has to offer. So the desires of the flesh. The second one is the desire of the eyes. And going back to the desires of the flesh, the, the thing that I can think of is like, um, anybody else in here deer hunt? Anybody? I know we have a few deer hunters in here. If you don't deer hunt, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna do it really brief, okay? Here it is. A lot of times when I'm deer hunting and there's a bunch of does at the feeder or whatever is at the feeder, and I'm just waiting for that one to come out, and I'm real excited because I'm like, man, that doe's looking out in the woods, and I know a deer's about to come out, right? Anybody else try to convince yourself that deer is actually coming? And majority of the time it's not coming, right? But you're sitting there convincing yourself, oh, here we go, it's about to happen. I'm I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready. And then a squirrel will jump out of a tree and all the deer run off. Anybody relate to that? All the time, right? A random squirrel will start fighting with, a, with a, a, a tree or something and start scratching, and it sounds like World War III is happening right behind you because the, the squirrel's in your tree, and all the deer run off, and you're like, well, all that time, money, effort is wasted, right? And then, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I get a, a good group of does that will come back to the feeder. Anybody else have that happen? They all run off, and they come back to the feeder, and you're like, what in the world is happening? Well, these deer, even though they know something's up, they know something is not right, but they still come back to the feeder because they know that they're going to get full. They know that there's corn on the ground. There's this random bucket above their heads that's slinging food out, right? And they're going to come and get full, and they're going to come back to the feeder. Even if you shoot one of them, sometimes they still come back, right? Isn't that crazy? But it's the same thing in our own lives, right? We we go to the world and we know that, man, it's, it's accessible, it's, it's free, it's easy, it's on my phone, All the desi- I can just fulfill the desires of my sin right here, right now, and then we know it's bad, we know something's wrong, but we still come back to it over and over again, the desires of our flesh. The second one is the desires of our eyes. John gets specific here. He's talking about the sin that comes from the evil world, but it's specifically what we can see, right? It, we convince ourselves that we have to have these things that we see with our eyes because we think and we convince ourselves that it's going to bring us true satisfaction. A great example of this is scrolling through Facebook, right? Does anybody have a problem with Facebook Marketplace? Does anybody? I know I do. If, I don't, if, I'm, t- if I'm tired but I can't sleep... I will scroll through Facebook Marketplace and I'll change my map radius to like 200 miles because I'll convince myself, well, if I just find a really good deal, I'll drive to Alabama to go pick up this random thing, right? We convince ourselves, we, try, we, we are scrolling through there and we go, man, I, I really want this thing and I, I know I don't have the money for it, but I, I, if I just pay it in four payments or something like that, right, then I can, I can afford it. I'll, I'll drive, so I have so much time, I have so much time throughout the week, I can drive two states over to go pick up this, this duck boat, right? No, don't point fingers there, right? And, uh, but, man, this, we are scrolling through Facebook. We're scrolling through Instagram. We find these random things on the Internet. We, we see people's lives on Instagram. We, we follow these people. And we, we see even our close relatives. We may have cousins that live states and states away, and we see their life, and we go, man— why can't I have the things that they're having? I want those things. I want to I have those things. And then almost every single time we find those things that we convince ourselves brings us true satisfaction, we actually sometimes obtain those things, we have those things, and then we find ourselves in the same boat as we were before we got them. Why is that? It's because this world has perfected that it allows us to give in to the desires of our eyes, right? We're scrolling through social media hours and hours trying to find this satisfaction, trying to feel energized or satisfied, but as we all know, it only brings us a satisfaction that is just a fraction of a second. This world has perfected the craft of enticing us and bringing us back into its trap again and again. And Christians this morning, I, I wanna encourage you that this world, I wanna encourage you with a reminder, right? I encourage you with the reminder that this world invites you into loving the things of the world by getting to you to look at and watch these sinful and evil things. And man, I know personally, I know you guys understand that it is so hard to refrain from doing this because it is so natural for us. This world gives satisfaction to our sinful flesh by pleasing our eyes with its sinful, evil, and godless ways. The third one, and this is the most uh, relatable for me, is the pride in one's life or Possessions. That, that's the one that, that John hits here. And I believe he placed it at the, the latter because he knows, I'm sure he struggles with personally, he knows that the pride in one's life or possessions is one of the biggest struggles that we have. John is warning the Jewish Christians to stay away from loving this world because all it does is feed our desire to have Power, it feeds our desire to have the things we want and the power that we know we can convince ourselves to have, we know we, we convince ourselves, man, I just need this, I gotta have this, right? Now, a great example of this is, man, we, we, the power that we feel when we finally reach that point in our job where we go, this is it, I have made it, here we go, life is gonna be great, it's gonna be perfect, and, and we finally reach that point in our job and nothing really changes out of that, right? The the world is so good. You turn the the TV on and it it tells you stories after stories about successful millionaires and sometimes maybe they're even in your own field of work and you go, man, I can do that. If they can do that, I can do that. And then all your time and effort is spent on reaching this certain level at your job or or reaching this certain lifestyle with your family or reaching this this certain uh, persona that you're carrying about who your family is. When somebody says your last name, you go, oh yeah, that's so-and-so and and they have a, a perfect, life, right? You, you spend so much time and effort into giving in to what this world is just sitting there bringing you back in over and over and over, and it gives in to your desire to have power in your job and in your life and your spouse and your kids. Uh, the world, that's all you see, and the world is, is pushing you towards uh, them and away from Christ Jesus, right? When you, when you get something for Christmas or, or your birthday, you, you feel this sense of uh, like greatness, right? When you, when you get this gift you've been wanting, you've been looking at for weeks and months and, and you finally uh, get these things, you think life's gonna be awesome, it's gonna be pretty great. But the reason we feel that way if, that for a temporary time is because when we gather material things in this world, it gives us a sense of power. It gives us a sense of purpose. Man, all I see on social media and all I see on it, even just talking to people is the attitude is that, hey, you have the strength. You have the power, you have the abilities to do whatever you want, to do whatever you put your mind to, to, do whatever, to have whatever you want, the house you want, the car you want, the life you want. You have the power to do it. That's all this world pushes towards you and shows you. And sometimes you don't even realize you're believing it. You're going, yes, amen, I can do this, I got this. But then when your world breaks apart and your world breaks down, you quickly realize, I don't got this, right? And that's my life every single day. I wake up and I tell myself, man, I can do this. Today's going to be awesome. And then an hour later, I'll, I'll slip on my steps walking out of the house or something, and I'll go, yep, can't do it, right? That, today is not the day. But we convince ourselves every day that we have the power within ourselves But when we gather material things that we can live the life that we want to live. But church, this morning, I want to encourage you that these material things in this world provides us with a sense of you are worthy, you are important, you matter. But I'm here to tell you that John is warning us about that this morning. The things in this world that we so desire to have in our life. It makes us feel great temporarily, but it's actually going to only hinder us from placing our identity in something that is eternal. Something that is so far from temporary worldly possessions bring us unsatisfying happiness, and I want you to to remember that this morning. The third thing in verse 17 is temporary world versus eternal father, and the world is passing away along with desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. The reason he's warning the Jewish Christians and the reason he's warning us this morning to not love the world is because it empowers our sinful flesh, our eyes, and it gives into the pride of our own lives, and most Importantly, church, most importantly, because everything this sinful, evil world has to offer is only temporary, but living a life for God and placing our identity in him is eternal. 1 John 2, 25, just a few verses later, says, and this is the promise that he made to us, eternal." Life, Church, when we die and leave this earth, here is the, here is the thing I want you to understand this morning. that I want to encourage you to, lead, to end 2023 with this mindset and start 2024 with, is that when you leave this earth, and I'm praying that you have a relationship with Christ Jesus, but when you leave this earth, all of the effort, time, money, and sacrifices that you spent gathering up these material things of this world, none of those are going to be brought with you when you encounter Christ, when you leave this earth. None of those things matter. God doesn't, and listen, I don't want you to, to hear me say this and, and take it out of context, right? Because God loves you, he cares about you, but what he wants is for you to love him and represent his kingdom and to build the body of the church and to grow in your relationship with God. Now, God does not truly care about the materialistic things that you have. If you write down everything you've ever obtained on a piece of paper, no matter how long or how short it would be, God is not looking at that. He's looking at your heart and what your heart is doing. If your heart is transformed by his mercy and by his grace. Grace when we leave this Earth, our trophies, our accolades, our, our job status, our husbands, our wives, our kids, our savings account that we spent years and years to reach, our, our retirement plans, all of those will not be brought up with us. When God cares about what God cares about is how good of a faithful servant of Jesus we were. What He cares about is what our mindset and our attitude is going to be. Is it Is our identity placed in something temporary, or is it been placed in something? eternal. Living a life that does the will of God looks so drastically different than this world. I want to ask you this question as we close. The question is simple, right? What have you in 2023, man, I want you to reflect on it. I know this church has been through some stuff this year. It's been a long year. Me and my wife have now been here for a whole year, and that is crazy to even think about, right? Because so much has happened, yet it seems so fast, right? And maybe some of you, man, as a church we've struggled, but man, maybe some of you in your own family, 2023 has been a rough one. And that it's been rough, it's been hard on you, personal things, health, uh, loss of family, just a tough season and a tough year for you. But I want to ask you this question, man, no matter how hard it was, how great it was, what was your identity placed in in 2023? Was it placed in, in someone else? Was it placed in a husband and a wife or, or a kid or grandkid even? Was it placed in your job, your occupation, your job status? Was it placed in a sort of accomplishment that you've been reaching towards and reaching towards? And then in 2023, you finally reached it, but has your identity been placed in something other than the eternal father? Has your identity been, has your identity been placed in something that is only temporary, right? The spouse, occupation, uh, accomplishments, right? One vital way I want to encourage you with this. One vital way you can place your identity back into Christ this morning is by replacing the worldly tools that you've been focused on with godly equipment. Man, man, the accomplishments you've been trying to reach and putting so much effort and sacrifice and family time for, man, spend a little time with your family and encouraging your family and encouraging your kids to love Jesus more, right? Hey, replacing the worldly tools of of scrolling through social media, man, maybe 2024 you start off with taking a break from it, right? And replacing that with some quiet time and some scripture reading. Because man, I know for me, 2023 was, was rough in, in my personal devotion time. There was so much happening and so many great things happening in my life that a lot of times I would neglect my quiet time with the Lord, right? I, I need to replace those things with godly equipment. So what have you been putting your identity in. My challenge for you this morning is to ask the Lord, we're going to go into a time of prayer here in a second, but I want you to to spend some time with the Lord this morning and ask Him to help you see and understand what you need to replace your identity with. What are some things you need to take out of your life so that your identity can be placed back into the one who is eternal in Christ Jesus? Not to continue to love the world or the things in this world because this world is only temporary, but when we live for God, we are promised eternal life for Him forever. What would 2024 look like if your identity was placed into something that truly matters? A life living for the eternal father or a life living for something that you'll you'll never be able to obtain that that is everlasting? And I want to ask you that question. And man, if you have a relationship with Christ Jesus, I encourage you to, to place your identity back into him. I encourage you to get in line with the plan and the desire that God has for your life. But as we go into a time of prayer, I also wanna encourage you guys here this morning morning, that if you've never placed your faith in Christ Jesus, man, what a special day it would be, the last day in 2023, on December 31st, to have a life-changing decision of placing your faith in Christ Jesus. Don't let this morning go to waste. Don't start 2024 off without placing your faith in something that is eternal, the only thing that can bring us true satisfaction in our own lives. So we're gonna pray, and we're gonna go into a time of invitation. Caleb's gonna come up here and, and sing a song. But after we, after we get done praying, I wanna encourage you guys to spend some quiet time with the Lord. Rusty's gonna be up here. I'm gonna be over here. Man, if you need some encouragement for 2024, we are up here to pray for you guys. We are a praying church. And if you wanna accept a relationship with Christ Jesus, you wanna make that life-changing decision, we are up here as well. But if you just need some encouragement and some prayer for 2024, your identity has been, has been, has been placed in something other than Christ Jesus, man, we would love to pray over you guys. So Lord, we ask you so much. Uh, we thank you so much, and we ask, Lord, that you speak through us this morning. We ask that you, can, you, can, you convict our hearts of the, the things we've been placing our identity in, Lord. These things are temporary. These things don't bring us true satisfaction, but, Lord, I pray, that the Holy Spirit, that you convict our hearts this morning. I pray that our identity can be placed back into you, the only thing that is eternal, the only thing that brings us true satisfaction. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, be with us as we spend our last day of 2023. But I pray as a church for 2024, Lord Jesus, that you you build our body up, Lord, not just in number, but but in faithfulness to you, Lord Jesus. We thank you so much and we praise you and we just ask all of this in your holy and precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to Central Baptist Church Buna's weekly sermon podcast. May God bless you as you continue to connect, grow, and serve.